generally, you know, female artists just, they, they just release all these endorphins for me. And that energy transcends into a room, you know, people feel that. And I just love seeing the way people respond. Hey, streamers and dreamers. My name is Kika Lomo, and this is The Week by Telecom Electronic Beats. It's Thursday, the 30th of November, and this is your weekly update on music, culture, and what's next. Not every DJ today likes to play out tracks with big anthemic vocals, but when most crowds hear the first note of a diva's voice on the dance floor, their hands shoot up and hearts start pumping. Without divas, house music would be very different. There's even a dedicated subgenre, diva house or handbag house, a soaring version of house music that became popular in gay clubs during the 1990s. Black women like Diana Ross, Tina Turner and Whitney Houston played an essential role in shaping the genre. And today, these divas remain so important to gay communities in and out of the club. They weave through generations, their soulful vocals and melodies continue to bring themes of love, acceptance and power to the dance floor. I wanted to talk about this today with someone who brings that same energy to their sets, FKA M4A. Their music is a source of warmth and feel-good mixes, and anyone who has ever seen them play knows that they radiate a lot of cheerfulness on the dance floor. They sometimes drop classics just so everyone can sing along, and their Instagram bio nails their motto. I just want to make you feel loved. We talked about what makes a diva, the influence that divas have, and what diva tracks bring to a dance floor. All right, so it's my absolute pleasure to welcome the illustrious FKA M4A. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> welcome to the studio. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. It's a snowy morning. It's very snowy. Here in Berlin. Very chilly. It's a little bit cold. Just, just a little bit. It's all right. We survive. We move. We move. We move. Um, <laughs> it's such a pleasure to have someone else with my accent yes, in the studio. I was, I was really surprised when I first heard you speak. I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. You know, a little bit of chit-chat, a bit yeah. of banter. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about... Um, um, growing up in London, um, you know, were divas playing a role when you were a kid? Did you grow up around divas? Like, what, what was the experience for you growing up in London? Um, growing up for London in me was very isolated. Uh, I went to boarding school. Okay. Ooh. I went to boarding school in Hertfordshire. Oh, no way! I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you afterwards what of school course, was. <laughs> yeah. I went to boarding school in Hertfordshire and I didn't really have a lot of friends in school. Surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. being the like artistic um weird kid mm-hmm. um so my main let's say release of joy was was pop music mm. like that was my original introduction you know i loved divas i loved beyonce i loved destiny's child the spice girls you know yeah. gaga britney all these kind of people um so that was kind of my enjoyment and i would spend pretty much all of my summer breaks just watching like concerts of these artists yeah. you know on repeat learning choreography you know really diving into pop culture and i think a lot of my current day inspiration in what I play definitely comes from those artists. Like I don't play their music, but yeah. the diva, yeah, the diva vocal is just, it's a big part of who I am. You Absolutely. Know? It kind of connects with, in a way when you hear, you know, some of those divas sing those high notes, yeah. it just kind of like hits it just, your soul in a way, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you, also speaking of divas, I mean, you once said that your mum is your fashion inspiration. <laughs> what kind of person is your mum? My mum is chaos. Yeah. yeah my mum is absolute chaos. Like from the youngest age, she was always, um, from, from when I was the youngest age, she was always, um, you know, customizing all of her fashion yeah. she was like sewing things and yes. ironing things on and every person that walked past her on the street would stop and like mostly looking like disgusts as shock because she was like super out there you know fashion wise but my mom loves to stand out yeah so she was kind of like my first influence in chaos you know so my mom is absolute diva 
you know, like in in this. <laughs> Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> I mean, would you describe yourself as a diva? Um, when it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's necessary. No, I'm pretty chill. Um, especially, you know, are we talking in my personal life, in my professional life? Like, what are we talking about both, here? Because I think both of them make up who you are, you both, know? That is very true. Both of them make up who you are. I think in my personal life, I'm super, super chill. Okay. You know, like, I'm very low-key. I don't really like attention. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like a lot of DJs were like this, you know? I'm like, I don't really like being perceived. <laughs> but then, like, coming to the stage, best believe, like... It's coming we were, up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fits are coming. Like, the, the performance is coming. But, like, yeah, on the, on the other side, it's like an, like an alter ego, you know, I feel like all the yeah. best divas have alter egos, you know, every every one of the artists I think that we loved growing up have an alter ego. And, you know, for many of us as artists, um, you know, I think a lot of us, I can definitely speak up myself. You know, there is a lack of self-confidence there as a person, um, which on a day to day, you know, I will struggle with a lot of my self-confidence and my artistic expression is that escape world. This is a tale that we hear time and time again with, with big artists, you know. Beyonce had Sasha Fierce, yes. for example. You know, and it's this place that we go to to kind of forget all that. So what you see on stage is a very, you know, it's what lives in my head, you can say. You yeah. know, it's very different to what you would see on a day-to-day basis with me. But yeah, in person, I'm, I'm, there's not really a lot of diva energy. It's very, very chill. It's very, very low-key. Um, but on stage, it's yeah. That's that's when it comes. It, it comes out. It, it depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on the day. It depends okay. on the vibe in the room. You the know, percentage depends, of divaness. The will... percentage. Sometimes we're at twenty. Sometimes you know? we're at sixty. Okay. In panel, we're at hundred and fifty. Absolutely, it just <laughs> inspires. You know, I mean, how, how does your diva ness manifest? Like, what would you say? Like, brings like, how would you say the diva comes out in you? Um, I think it's it's a very playful energy. Yeah. Like I like to have, especially on the dance floor, I like to have one to one moments with people. Yeah. You know, like just from the front of the booth. You know, I'm not really too much hands up. Like I am sometimes, yeah. but like I really like to have playful moments. The yeah. same as when you're dancing. You know, you you're having a moment and you randomly connect with a stranger and then you both dance together. Yeah. I like to do that with people. Yeah, kind of uh, from the booth. Yeah, you know? so it's not really a diva thing, but it's just me being a bit cheeky yeah. and tongue in cheek and a bit playful with people. But I feel like being cheeky and being a bit playful kind of comes from a confidence. You know, like come, comes from a confidence of like, okay, like I'm feeling myself. I'm in my element. And honestly, yeah. point blank, like. Putting it bluntly, knowing you're that bitch, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So. It, takes, it takes some time to know that you are that bitch. But, yeah. And, you know, it comes and it peaks in highs Tr- and valleys. Highs and lows, you know? <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. It definitely takes a confidence to, to, to show that kind of cheekiness. Okay. What would you say makes a diva a diva in your eyes? What makes a diva in my eyes? Uh, an unapologetic attitude. Yes. A uncompromised, artistic, emotional political vision whatever mm-hmm. that means to you um and not being a trend follower yeah um let's say the lone wolf mentality you know everyone is doing x i'm gonna do y and have fun doing x but i'm gonna go this way because this is what feels good for me right mm-hmm. now you know um so yeah that's that's what being a diva kind of feels for me just okay. completely being in control of your own narrative love that and mm-hmm. do you have a favorite diva do i have a favorite it bounces you know it's quite it's quite a controversial question it's, such a, it's such a controversial <laughs> question since uh since renaissance i'm really stuck on beyonce i mean like you know what's funny because i'd also love to know your opinion on this i was yeah. chatting with my sister yesterday and i genuinely think we won't le- reach levels of stardom like D- beyonce ever again like if you think about the way that she's you know, still peaking she's still peaking like she's yeah. i even saw the trailer for the the movie it's that insane. she's in. it's insane and yeah. she, she literally says it. she's like i don't have anything to prove I have nothing to prove i'm literally yeah. just creating my own world at yeah. this point yeah. you know so yeah. to, re- to reach those levels and i think like um the 
to be that kind of like level of diva isn't possible anymore because because our attention is so fragmented and yes. to like get the likes of Beyonce, Lady Gaga, all these other divas, there was so much concentration on them as people that has built up their artistry, that has shaped them as artists today. And I don't, I don't think that's possible anymore. I mean, would you, would you, what, what do you think? 100%. Yeah? I think the way, I talk about this all the time, the way we consume music, social media, uh, art, uh, videos, everything is our attention span is so short, you know, mm. thanks to TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, we have, of course, the speed up of electronic music, all these things, like everything, our attention span is so much shorter. And I think in the time that Gaga, Beyonce, Britney were coming up, we didn't have all of those assets. Yeah. And I think Beyonce is really the only artist that has been able to use like none of that and just lone wolf mentality again yeah. and just like I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. no one's done this before no one's dropped an album and not released visuals for yes. two years <laughs> at least not to my knowledge um, and yeah there's no one really kind of doing things that way and I think our attention span is so short we don't really have uh, you know we have incredible artists you know I'm a big Normani fan for yes! example you know but you know we've had like four singles from her yeah. in like you know a few years yeah um and you know we're not really getting the concentration to her career in the same way um so yeah you know i think we're not going to see the same level of Beyonce is the last one I feel like yeah, of that too. kind of artistry, you know, which I'm more than happy with. Yeah, but it's very know. sad in a way, also, you know, because I feel like it's not just about pop music, but just our consumption of culture and art in general is we forget it two minutes after we see it. Exactly, and I think also for me specifically with Beyonce, I mean, I could talk about her. Uh, with <laughs> we, we <laughs> Let's call this the Beyonce episode. The, you know, the, the Beyonce, the Beyonce episode, but like specifically <laughs> also as a DJ, listen, did you, were you able to go to the tour? I went two times. Oh, love that for you. <laughs> did you go? I, I went to one, I went to the one in Barcelona. Okay. Oh, that um, was, that, that looked like an insane show because the Spanish the, are crazy. The Spanish are crazy and yeah. also it was like the first time where like the Ivy League had been established and yeah. we were all like holding up signs for blue as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but one of the things for me as a DJ and also with I'm not actively involved in ballroom culture but most of my best friends are mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of like have it as a reference point seeing the level of detail whether it's beyond I mean you know people are like oh it's her team her team's amazing I'm like no 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 no, no 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 you need to understand that but the creative control that this woman Absolutely. has and the references the samples yes. the people that she involved like she knows what she up. did her research Exactly. She did her research and and I read somewhere that, you know, of course, a a big part of the project was Honey Dijon. Yes, Um, of course. And, you know, Honey being the incredible pioneer that she is and the incredible artist that she uh, actually gave Beyonce reference books to read. I don't know if you know this. No. I heard from a friend that she gave Beyonce like old, like Paris is Burning, yes. like old ballroom references. And apparently Beyonce read all of those. As she should. And I believe, and I believe all of it. <laughs> exactly. I believe all of it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, the, from the dancers, the femme queens, all of the, everyone who was involved and even the people that she invited from the culture. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. Absolutely. Um, I mean, specifically about, I mean, obviously Beyonce is in a, in a league of her own, yeah. but you've already mentioned a couple of other divas. Is there something that characterizes the diva sound for you? Um, authenticity. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm a big, I gravitate towards people that present me authenticity. It's yeah. such an important thing to me. And we're not going to say no names, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some artists um I just don't believe what I'm being sold. Yeah. You know, there is an aesthetic being sold. There's a brand and I'm all cool with branding. It's yeah, very important, you know, exactly. Um, but I need to feel it's real. Exactly. I need to feel that, that what is, what you're saying is coming from your heart. And, you know, growing up as a 13, 14 year old, 
I think one of the reasons why I gravitated towards Gaga so much is, you know, I really believed absolutely everything that she was saying. I don't believe it so much now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also why also I came to Beyonce a bit later because back then, you know, she was just doing the kind of standard pop star thing. Yeah. And then when she went under her own management, yeah. you know, 4 was a bit of a struggle era. Yeah. But then kind of onwards from there with self-titled and Lemonade, yeah. I saw the authenticity. Exactly. And then Renaissance was like, Phew. Yeah. And that's how I kind of, that's how I fall in love with the divas. You know, you know? when I, it's this, this authenticity. I need to like feel that it's coming from yourself. You know, you know? and I think connected to that is the lack of fucks given. You know it, what I mean? Like, I exactly. was looking at some of the old Gaga videos and yeah. I was like, yo, like she was on one. Like, let's be so <laughs> fucking real. Yeah. She was doing the most. And I mean, obviously we give her her flowers. Um, Absolutely. But I think we need to really understand like how much pioneering is involved with being a diva as well yeah. and knowing like this is who I am yeah. this is what I'm doing you can you can come with me on the journey I'm not compromising for anyone I'm you know what I mean thing. I'm doing my thing and I think that's definitely something that's characterized both in the way that they present themselves yeah. and the artistry but also their sound as well and I think that also translates to when you hear their music as well. mm. I mean what happens when you play tracks from divas on on the dance floor if or even if it's just like snippets or samples like is there a specific reaction you can get it's always chaos yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's always I mean it depends on the location you know so I think yeah. there are some uh, crowds that it's not really um, possible to dive into like those deeper cuts you know in Berlin it's very normal to hear like a very famous track or you know something that's quite iconic in the middle of a set you yeah. know especially in Panorama Bar for example but you can't really do those things everywhere but when you play it and it goes right, yeah. you know, it, go, it goes off. Exactly. You know, like I hear like um, someone dropping like uh, Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight. Yeah. You know, and it just, it's the best moment of the night. Exactly. And you, <laughs> you like know? hear the screams, yeah, like the yeah. screams exactly. or like the bitch. <laughs> like. But I think, you know, what these diva vocals do is they, they bring everyone together in a, in a moment of celebration. Yeah. You know, because, you know. There's nothing more empowering than a female artist for yeah. me. You know, I'm not really into male artists generally. I like a few, yeah. but generally, you know, female artists just bring me this level. They, they just release all these endorphins for me. Yeah. And that energy transcends into a room. You know, people feel that. Yeah. Um, and I just love seeing the way people respond yeah. to these to these vocals. It's not even it doesn't even have to be a big mainstream track. Yeah, it's just the power. Like you know, if it's a Loletta Holloway sample, which is of course very much it's very used in house music. Yeah, you know, even if people don't really know what they're listening to, yeah. the power in her voice. Yeah. Um, it just it just translates to people. Yeah, they feel it, you know. And the passion, you know, the passion. any any like you know, sometimes you hear those like gospel f yeah gospel esque yeah. riffs, exactly. the runs, and yeah. you're like you you be feeling yourself even if you can't really be <laughs> singing, like you're placing your finger in your ear, yeah. like doing the runs, the, the the Mariah Carey like hand wave, just giving it everything, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I'm very much here for it. I mean, do you feel like? there are songs that are too overused at some point um, or if there's like maybe like an expiry date or a point where you're like okay this is it's time to, it's time we lay this track to rest you know we lay this sample to rest I don't I don't feel that you know tracks can be overused um, for that reason for them have an expiry date but I feel like Electronic music is a place for our, especially for us as DJs and artists, it's our place is for our individuality to shine. Yeah. So when I feel like I see a lot of people all playing the same famous track. Yeah. Like what was this, uh, this uh, TikTok track that was really famous like last year, like Push or something mm. um, that was like in 
like almost every techno set. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have a problem with the track being played, but like, I just feel like it feels a bit too poppy. Yeah. Um, if everyone's playing it, I'm like, okay, who's this coming from? Like, are you actually playing this because you want to, or are you playing yeah. it because you saw it in a reel? Yeah. And okay, it blew up for that artist, so I'm going to play it too. So yeah. if these tracks don't have expiry dates. I just want to, yeah, always play something that feels like, I don't know, close to me, you know, yeah. close, feels authentic to me. And I think there's something in the way that you um, you use those tracks, you know what I mean? How you build the journey yeah. to that track and how, mm. how, it's, how it's done, you know. I, I think to what you said about, you know, people looking at tracks, um, particularly these big diva moments as well on TikTok or whatever and seeing all these videos blowing up, I think sometimes that can also change expectations in terms of people going to clubs to hear music that they already know. Mm. Whereas for me, I'm like, I mean, coming with that diva energy and I also assume the same for you too it's like I came here to have a good time we're going, yeah. we're going on a journey you may hear stuff you know but you're probably also going to hear stuff that you don't exactly. and it's almost like this trust of let me take you and guide yeah. you there and, and, and bring you to these levels of ecstasy where like when you also hear that moment when you're like what is that yeah. is, is she really doing is, yeah. are they really doing it catches the, you by surprise you know what I mean like, so. and that's also the beauty of having you know three or four hours to really dive into a story Mm-hmm. You know, storytelling is the most important thing for me. Yeah. You know, in in DJing, you know, of course, I love mixing, I love blending, I love transitioning, but storytelling mm-hmm. over the space of three or four hours is really my true passion. Yeah. And taking people on a variety of emotions. Yeah. You know, from giving them moments where they want to hug the people around them, yeah. for moments where they want to have their head down, for moments they want where they want to rebel. You know, I l- really love taking people on those on those chapters and I always say this like privately yeah. being a DJ is like um, it's like being like a oh, what's the word I'm looking for it's like a psychological uh, you're like it's not like leading a cult I don't mean it's, it like, it's like a shaman <laughs> yeah like, exactly it's literally like a shamanistic you know, you're yeah, sitting at the front guiding exactly. people through these through these and actually it's a very <laughs> powerful thing because you know people are drinking they're under whatever influence etc or they're sober yeah um, and you know people's uh, mental space in those moments is very not fragile but it's very sensitive yeah you know so you know for me all, all of the music is about love and it's about emotion and, and and making people feel that um but it's a very sensitive thing to be able to kind of navigate people yeah through their thoughts and feelings and give them these different emotions exactly and i think there has to be this like level of empathy and also being able to read okay like what can i give you what are, how yeah. are you reacting to and sometimes it's even hard to put into words you know because it's like people are like oh but how do you know what you're gonna play and it's like well i don't know I don't. like you just kind of <laughs> you just kind of get into this almost state of flow and you just you, yeah. you let your fr- your fingers and your your usb you guide you and when it clicks it clicks. it clicks when it doesn't click it doesn't click for real <laughs> for real, for real. Especially if it's those long sets, you're like, oh my god, like let's let's uh, okay, two more hours ago. Um do you have any classic tracks, some go-to diva tracks, um, and particularly from any artists that still make music today? Can't think of anything specific. Um things that yeah, you know, a lot of the artists that we just spoke about, you know, yeah. if it's Beyonce, if it's Rihanna, you know, these these are my personal life. But in DJ and, you know, for gigs and things, you know, I love, of course, those big 90s bangers, mm. you know, Free, of course, yeah. River, Mr. Dance. So those are the exactly. obvious choices, you know, yeah. but they, over the years, they hold so much um, memories for people. Yeah. And I think whether a raver is 20 or 40 or 50, yeah. um, everyone can have a connection to those songs. Okay. And I think that's what makes them special. You know, there are tracks from now, like I closed... Uh, one panorama bar set on New Year's last year with Rosalia, you know. Oh, so we have yes, the newer stuff too. Exactly. But I feel like those older tracks, they can, they just hold a much more special memory for everyone. Exactly. You know? So no tracks specifically, but yeah. just generally things that, yeah, bring people 
memories all together. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for you, what's coming up next? Like, what is the next few months looking like? Where are you spending New Year's? Like, what's what's the what's the what's the what's yeah. the tea? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm on a few weeks of kind of chill at the moment, which I'm really grateful for. You know, I've been touring a lot, and in December things will pick up a little bit more. I'm going to play on uh, December sixteenth. Uh, Watergate uh, nice. for a pan part invite okay. and then uh, New Year's Eve at RSO okay. for a gig in Ponceptual. Okay. Um, working on my EP at the moment. Amazing. My debut EP. Ah, congratulations. Which, uh, I'm hoping to finish by the end of the year. Okay. How's uh, it been going so far? It's been going good. You know, nice. I'm definitely navigating, you know, what I want to say and what I want people to feel and, um, creating something that feels very special for me. So no news on that yet, but yeah. it's it's in progress. You and, said, um, watch this space. Watch this space, <laughs> exactly. And then January, I'm disappearing. So. Okay, good. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's important to also have those downtimes. I mean, a diva's got to recuperate, a right? A diva has to recuperate. And, I'm, and, I, and I learned that lesson last year because last year was like my first like proper, proper touring year. Yeah. And everyone was taking January off. And I was like, wait, why am I like doing like 12 you know? gigs? And, um, you know, it was great to, of course, do all of those gigs, but I didn't take any time off since, let's say, the pandemic. I haven't Ooh, had, like, baby, you need I that haven't rest. had more than two weeks <laughs> off in, like, two years. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So January will be, like, my first vacation time. So I'm no, really looking forward to that. Look forward to it, absolutely. <laughs> and you're just going to chill, make music, go I'm anywhere gonna chill, special? I'm going to make some music. I'm going to go to Barcelona because mm -hmm. my birthday is in January. Uh, are you an Aquarius? Oh, I'm okay, a Capricorn. Capricorn. I'm a Capricorn moon, but Aquarius. You're a Capricorn so, moon. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, I'm the Capricorn Capricorn. Oh, like, I'm like, like dangerous Capricorn. You know, like putting in work. Putting you know? in work. You know, give me the money. <laughs> yeah. You know, like no, I've got I've got like six signs in Capric in, in Capricorn. Ooh. So, yeah, six. Uh, what is it? Um, houses. Six or, houses. Or something, something like, like this. That, yeah. But I'm like Capricorn Capricorn. Okay, I love that for you yeah. though. But even more so, get that rest. You know, January <laughs> yes. January is downtime. Exactly. Yes. Amazing. Well, FKA, thank you so much for joining us on thank the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's I hope you pleasure. enjoyed the chat. Yes. Um, enjoy your time off. Enjoy all of your gigs. And thank I'm sure much. I'll probably see you on the dance floor very I soon. I hope so too. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us, FKA M4A. And now for all the other news items that mattered this week. Rap lyrics as evidence, a fight for free speech. A campaign has launched in the UK to stop the use of rap lyrics and videos as evidence in criminal trials. It's far more common and insidious than you might think. The prosecuting rap project out of the University of Manchester recorded at least 70 cases in the last three years where rap lyrics were used as evidence against predominantly young black men. It's not just the UK either. Right now, Atlanta rapper Young Thug is on trial for racketeering charges against YSL, the label and collective that the police claim is a criminal gang. The judge there ruled that 17 lines by Thugger and other YSL artists can be used in the trial to prove the existence of the gang and their crimes. Lawyers for Young Thug argued that the use of lyrics, videos and social media posts constituted racism and discrimination. Back in the UK, the group Art Not Evident is made up of musicians, lawyers, journalists and more. They're taking steps towards change with legislation planned that will enforce more rules on the use of protected creative expression as evidence. You can find a link to their Instagram in the show notes. African languages in AI. Did you know that there are more articles on Wikipedia about the city of Paris than the entire continent of Africa? That kind of structural, racial and geographic bias is all over the internet to an unfortunate extent. Even though native English speakers make up just 5% of the global population, 
English dominates online. And because bias is embedded in these systems, it's making its way into the AI that is trained on them too. So we're heartened to hear about Lelapa AI, a new company that has just released an AI model that can understand and identify three South African languages, Isizulu, Afrikaans, and Sethotho. And yes, in addition, English. The tool is called Vula Vula, and according to Pelonomi Moiloa, the CEO, the lack of AI tools that work for African languages excludes Africans from economic opportunities and other potential benefits of AI technologies. So even with thousands of languages still to go, it's a strong first step. Nina Protocol launches editorial site. We've been talking a lot about the turmoil at Bandcamp, with many of their staff being laid off, including members of the editorial team. So it's amazing to hear some alternatives are on their way, this time in the form of a new online magazine from Nina. Nina was originally built with the intention of archiving digital releases permanently on the blockchain and has developed into an alternative to streaming services that gives 100% of sales directly to artists. Now they're dipping their toes into music writing with Nina Editorial, which they call a new avenue for creating context on Nina. They've enlisted well-known music writers, including previous guests on the week like Sean Ronaldo and Emily Friedlander, to publish interviews, profiles and scene reports on a range of subjects. They've already put out a very long, very good interview with Tricks Point Never, along with stories like a report on the resurgence of trip-hop. So keep an eye out for more quality content from Nina Editorial. This week's recommendation takes us all the way to Georgia. Tbilisi is well known in the electronic music scene for being at the forefront of dance music and club culture, with Bassiani most frequently being highlighted as the go-to example. However, a new feature in Resident Advisor by Carlos Hawthorne takes a deeper dive into Tbilisi's contemporary electronic music scene, as well as the impact of the Russian-Ukrainian war and how the resulting influx of Russians into the city is changing the local cultural landscape, which was already presenting challenges for the city's artists, promoters and venues. You can find the link in the show notes, of course. That's all for the week this week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back here next Thursday. Take care and remember to stop scrolling. The Week is a production by Telecom Electronic Beats and ACB Stories. Thank you.